0: Always tell who the strong women are. When women support each other, incredible things do happen. We wish to make a mark in the world and establish the fact that her success is not your failure. At hashtag V2, we strongly believe that empowered women empower other women. Hello, everyone. A very warm welcome for the episode 8 of the movement called hashtag V2, a platform created to stand up, speak up, inspire and uplift other working women around the world. I'm your host Puno Vitti, the founder of the movement. Our topic for the month is women and sexism at workplace. And I would like to put it this way that the question of the century that we are trying to deal with and question and debate and ask and understand is what really is the responsibility of leaders when it comes to workplace sexism and women and what leaders can really do about it, can do for it. To discuss this, please join me in welcoming a stellar panel of eminent women leaders from the corporate world and the educational societies today. I am joined by Miss Rubina Singh. Uh, she's right on the screen. You all know her as the CEO of iProspect, a media, shall I say veteran, industry leader since last 20 years. Ms. Preeti Kapoor Srivastava, a sustainable growth mentor with Navratan Foundations and a very well-known public affair corporate leader. Then we have Ms. Neeti Ansha, an author, intimacy coach and sexuality educator. From the cost brothers, we have Ms. Preeti Shroff, Dean at Maika Institute and a very well-known personality in the education as well as the corporate sector. And last but not the least, Ms. Shivani madan Bose, Certified post trainer and expert leading training programs across large organizations. You name the organization and you would find her there. So let me begin and uh, welcome you all. Very happy to have you in this discussion. Uh, Shivani, I would like to actually start with you. You know, uh, workplace sexism is actually no news to anyone. Um, you know, we have a feeling that What it means is also not very clear to most of the women. You know, we usually don't understand when the lines are crossed and in case if we even understand that the lines have been crossed, women are not too confident to possibly signal it out. Uh, Has this been your experience and uh, is there any anecdote, any story, any instance that you would want to give out today um, that can help the younger generation and even any generation of professional women out there. Over to you So
1: It's an interesting question. Workplace sexism, I think it's very inherent and all of us would have one or another story to share. And like you rightly said, it can be very on your face instances where you feel that you're not being given an opportunity because you are a woman it can also be something very implicit typically known as unconscious bias so I have almost 16 years of experience in the corporate world I worked as HR head and thereafter I started my own venture Proud HR services so prior to starting my own venture I was working as HR head with a semi-government organization and there I was the only woman among the so called management as in the HODs so there was always a level of bias that you could feel you know whenever you would make some suggestion in, especially in the beginning when i joined there would be smirks people would lick would, you know they would look at each other just give a slight smile and say you know i'm an expert on body language so you could just read kya abhi nahin nahin hai, ye kya and they even gave you you know this kind of timeline for me Ti se yeah. so you know that was the environment that i started working with and the main idea is to just keep going. So if you just stop and like feel victimized okay, I need to end there and find another job then perhaps I would have lost that struggle. So, what I thought was be like water, find your way through. So, whatever work, sam dam, dand, beth, I just kept going and gradually we started getting results and that was the time you know these people started taking me seriously. Like I shared an incident, we had this cake cutting where you know employees would come and cut cakes and it's a good thing and I had championized it so they said ma'am, you have championed it so why don't you cut the cake for the rest of the employees Oh, so it was an honor with an implicit bias that she's a woman so she's supposed to cut cake and I realized I need to speak up for myself, no one else would so I said very politely and said thank you for giving me this honor but I think all of us have equal credit so today I'll start with it since I championized the project And thereafter, I would like to share the honour with other HODs as well. (laughs) Wonderful. Their employees. So, I think that was the beginning and the main idea is just to keep speaking up for yourself, making them know that this is not okay. This is something I don't accept and move ahead.
0: Very well said, very well said. Um, um, uh, Preeti, let me now come to you, uh, Preeti Shroff. You know, we see all colleges today they have councils, I'm sure Micah also has a council that is focusing on women, right. Uh, giving them the right grooming, the right sense of confidence, the right sense of belonging for the you know, next step of the corporate career, right. Uh, as an institution, how are we preparing the younger generation to tackle, let me put it this way, that to tackle workplace sexism, you know, do we even talk about it? What kind of training is needed? Uh,
2: So, I think women today, especially the younger generation, and I would say younger because I am old and my daughter is 23, they absolutely recognize that they are going to face sexism. That itself bothers me, that they've been told that this is the way things are and you will have to learn to compromise and somehow succeed by keeping quiet. So we begin with absolutely focusing on what are the boundaries that women need to articulate? What is it that makes you uncomfortable? Because men don't understand that and they are told that it's okay to cross boundaries. So we begin with the understanding of articulating boundaries and what makes you uncomfortable. So that's the very first part of self-awareness that we right. have to bring. Second, you know, students tell me that, ma'am, can you just help us communicate to men that they are in our way, oh. and I said, explain to me, what does that mean? They are in your way, and they would say that we cannot feel safe when they are around in a conversation, when they are around as our bosses, so some or as our colleagues. So the second part of self-awareness is that you have a right to feel safe. It is your workplace as much as it is somebody else's workplace. And we women at times just take it as a given that we can expect that we will not feel safe. So the second part is stand up and absolutely question when you feel unsafe. Don't take it as given when society says Ki ye hota hai. Right. Right. So that's so that is the second part. And third part is often women tell me that they are told that so don't try to be yourself. Don't try to be bubbly. Yes. Don't try to be spontaneous. Right. And you know, I think women's best qualities we are so spontaneous. True. Right? That's our charm. And it's society that tries to control that. So we need to absolutely communicate to younger generation that if you do not feel comfortable you have the education you have the ability you have the skill you have the talent utilize that stand up and vocalize so articulation and overcoming inhibitions is what we have to work on because it is not allowed or it doesn't come naturally given all the impositions that women experience while growing up so women bring those uh, experiences from their regions, their cultures, their earlier institutions to colleges and colleges need to help women when they are in that learning process so okay. that when they go outside in the so-called real world, they can stand up and it is not easy. So it will be we together as you have launched and congratulations Punam for initiating. Thank you so much. It. Thank you. So much. Thank you. I'll come back to you. I have a very
0: interesting question as a follow up question on this, but uh, I'll come back to you again. Sure. Uh, Rubina, I, I'm, I'm, you know how Preeti just now said that it is not an easy world, and it, we all know this. But Rubina, how difficult or easy it is to be a CEO? You're a CEO yourself, managing 250 plus employees today. I know it is not easy how do you keep up with yourself as a woman and then as a leader and why don't you talk about your journey to everyone inspire everyone who's listening to you
3: uh, Thank you so much uh, Um, but yeah I'll agree with you uh, it's never easy you know because um, you know like Piti was saying today you've come across a lot of girls who are very ambitious but let me tell you Uh, that you know it's not just enough to aim very high you know you have to work very hard towards it and you have to be very very dedicated if you're ambitious you want to get somewhere you have some goals you have to work very very hard uh, for it and it it also involves not just effort but a lot of sacrifice as well and you have to be ready for it uh, you know and uh, you know what I would say is that um, you know, all women should definitely have the confidence in themselves that they can do things. They should never undermine themselves, you know, uh, of their own potential because very often I come across women who have a lot of self-doubt about themselves. So they yeah. have to be very confident. They have to believe in themselves that they can achieve whatever they want. And I think the other thing is being happy in achieving what you want. So, you know, you have to listen to your heart and make your decisions accordingly so let's say which is maybe one uh, you know uh, there could be one decision which is very important for somebody and may uh, maybe right for someone and make than happy, while it could be completely something else which would make the other person happy. So mm-hmm. you have to stop judging yourself and just learn to be happy, make the right decisions. It's also, it's always about choices. Make the choice that makes you happy and I think just follow your heart and you will get where you want to be. It's not necessary uh, for everybody to aim to be uh, at the top of a company. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. make you happy, maybe that's not really what you want uh, but whatever you want. Uh, whatever makes you happy as a professional and you know as an individual I think that's really where you should uh, follow your heart and uh, you know follow that path and like I said earlier it is um, you know my learning has been that it takes a lot of hard work, confidence in yourself, a bit of luck and definitely a very supportive family to get to where you want to in your professional journey.
0: Uh, True. Now. uh, oh. Just picking up from what you said, ha- and, and I, for that matter, any CEO has to work hard, right? If you're leading an organization, you don't have a choice, right? You're always, um, you know, you you are who's looked at. What you are doing is a, is a subset of what the, you know, leadership quality you have to drive uh, what is needed in the business in terms of performance numbers or whatever. Now tell me one thing um, as a CEO and as a uh, does it make any difference in your organization like how do you tackle I'm sure uh, you won't tell me that Poonam hey there is no workplace sexism or I, I don't get complaints or things like that but as a woman on top, does it make a difference? I'm also speaking from the premise that tomorrow if organizations can look at more women CEOs, will we be able to make a better corporate world for for women? Will it be more safer? What has been your experience as a leader on top?
3: Absolutely Poonam, Uh, you know it really helps having more women on the top and I'll tell you why because I look at sexism as two types you know one is like what we heard of when I was earlier in my career 20 years ago you know it was more hostile where they would say that okay you know it was still okay to prefer men over women or uh, talk about it uh, obviously um, or you know, uh, have the women organize the fun activities in uh, office and not like do the important uh, decisions in the meetings etc. That was what I call hostile sexism which was there like back in the days these days what I really see is something you know because there's been so much chatter, awareness, conversation around this so obviously men are also aware uh, right of what is happening but on the other hand it's not that it's completely stopped you know it's not that somebody's saying oh because she's a woman I'm not going to promote her and all of that no all that doesn't happen in today's world in my experience at least okay but what happens is something which is called or which I call is called uh, benevolent sexism Right. So let me give you an example, so what would happen is like you know in an agency you have a big pitch and all of that, you worked overnight, you worked very hard and after the pitch, whether uh, it's gone well or not so well you know yeah. you could get out, get a drink, uh, talk about how it went and general banter, get together, you know uh, as a group of colleagues, it's often that the men would say okay let's go get out a drink but when it would come to the women, not even ask them. Oh, poor thing! You know she's worked. She pulled her all nighter yesterday, uh, so maybe you know she has to get back home. Did uh, <laughs> you ask? Did you ask that person? Would she like to join, or would she like to go back home to her family, or just take some time off for herself?
0: I mean, Rubina, for that matter, even men—they go back to their families only, right? Exactly. But that is not the thought, right? Exactly. Exactly, so you know they don't uh, think that
3: okay the men who are going out for a drink also after that all nighter next day they also have families so they forget they have the families but the women have the families or a second typical case which I see is anything which involves a lot of travel right uh, would say okay uh, let's give it to uh, somebody uh, the male colleague instead of the female colleagues you know because it'll be hard for her how would she you know manage so many things travelling and all of that so if somewhere comes from concern and uh, a goodwill for women but the fact is you are denying an opportunity without asking the woman that if she's okay with it or not by just stereotyping and typecasting because you could also have the male colleague who's had a just had a baby as a father Uh, but you would not bring that in the way but you would say that the woman you know maybe she's just got married or maybe you know will she be able to take so much travel if she's single or maybe she's just had a baby will she be able to leave her baby alone and you don't even ask that woman would would she put her hand up and is she okay with it and she should be allowed to make that choice so this is the kind of sexism that I see and like you rightly said Poonam it's very important to have women leaders right because how do you correct that behavior most often than not the women who are facing this are you know at uh, junior to mid levels and they may or may not muster up the courage to stand up for themselves and fight it back right because the the bosses, maybe male, they don't know whether their bosses will support them, the managers will support them, not support them, they're not sure right. It's very hard for everybody to stand up for themselves and pick it up. But you need leaders to be able to see this and correct that behaviour right there. Because if you correct that behaviour, it sets an example for the entire team and they understand it. And I think women, because they've gone through their own journeys, they've faced it one way or the other through their careers and they are able to see it from their own lens and see it far better and correct that behaviour of the entire organisation. Very Uh,
0: well said, very well said.
3: Because I feel women leaders do make a difference and having more and more women leaders will bring that change in the future.
0: We all are hoping so, the whole idea of hashtag V2 is to you know, encourage a lot of women out there who are listening, watching that hey, this world is all about equality and we have to go and achieve it. Very well said Rubina. I want to now come to uh, uh, Preeti. Uh, Priti Srivastava with us, uh, you know, I'm just picking up from what Rubina said and it's very, very similar to um, you know, when leaders come across workplace sexism, such as men talking over women or rolling their eyes, you know, when, uh, 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 you know, when women speak or addressing them possibly as just, hey, you're gorgeous, you know, Indra Nui in one of her latest interviews said that leaders need to immediately intervene in such situations. If you call out bad behavior right, way, right away and give feedback, you know, uh, constructive feedback when it is needed, the signaling effect is terrific and it matters. Uh, it tells everyone that, you know, possibly the boss is watching, Prithi, you uh, have been a leader for a very long time. I don't want to say for... How many years but we all look up to
4: leaders like you. It's, it's my 36th year in the industry.
0: Oh my god you know <laughs> we have so much to learn from leaders like you. Uh, why don't you inspire everyone who's watching you know the topic right? I want you to tell the reality
4: and what I, women can do you know when they face it's been a tough journey to where I've reached today. So, while I was listening to others, you know, I really went back in the memory lane. So, I've been a literature student, a dreamer and I was very excited Joined the telecom sales and uh, my first interview. So, we had a written which I passed in um, face-to-face interview. They just said when well, you did well but we have rejected you because you're a girl and girls do do say So, but I'll never forget and there, it was a uh, whole room uh, filled of men. So, my yeah. first experience you know the crashing of my dreams as a young woman was that women cannot do sales. Right. From there uh, I moved up, there's another incident and I've worked for one of the best companies. I don't want to name them. I was, uh, I'd reached uh, an assistant manager level by the time and I was doing well but uh, I never got any sympathy uh, on any or any kind of support from my colleagues. I would sit and have my lunch together uh, I mean alone. Yeah. I would go on and you know sales at time was very tough you know you had to go we used to sell E.P.A. apex it is an old yeah. form of ex- telephone exchange yeah, yeah. so I was given the toughest uh, one road, uh, multi-storied building go to each and every office and sale. And the boys were given, you know, nice embassies and multinational. And I was locked in a room in the office with an HR head, Edwin, and two bosses, all men. I was the only girl in that organization on sales, and they had my resignation typed. Oh, god, and they, and they, they said just sign because you know they couldn't have fired me, my performance was good and it went like a mental torture for about uh, three to four hours, I don't remember. I was on the brink of crying and breaking down but there was some voice that said, if you give out today, it's over for you. Right. I have seen that culture and I'm talking of uh, late, uh, I mean early 90s, 1991 when women were not accepted in, in any of such uh, you know, outgoing kind, sales, marketing, PR was also dominated by men and then I, so it is not only the corporate because I chose to come into corporate affairs, public affairs which is still till date as I speak okay. is dominated by men. My mm-hmm. biggest problem was dealing with the government I mean, uh, you go there and you deal with everybody. I mean, you deal with uh, senior IS officers, you deal with the babu who starts your file, you have to talk to the p and So you have to deal with all kind of people and you walk in and people will just leave the work and start staring at you. So, uh, people would, uh, you know, have double meaning uh, conversations with me but what I learned and Uh, the experiences that first I accepted that the society is like that before even trying to work on myself. I think that acceptance that you know it's now up to you what you want to do so I uh, had some very good mentors uh, you know uh, male mentors, bosses who uh, groomed me that you know what should be my body language, the way I should dress up and you know and I I used to be very uh, you know rigid at times and talking if somebody's cracking a joke I would not laugh or you know and one has to be there. Once I understood that you know uh, is it not your uh, uh, you know portrait but it's also the world outside the government the people you deal the vendors you deal then I decided it's time to draw a bigger line and I, I started avoiding people and created my own space the only thing I tell youngsters also is that you know if you are good in your work you should document you know what has happened is there have been cases with my juniors, with myself where I have not documented I have nothing to prove it, it is so sad that women have to one if there is somebody is complaint against you or you want to complain against a male colleague they will ask the women oh you have proof you are just trying to malign him so, hmm. as, as far as your work is concerned, I tell everybody please document because that's your real proof. If your job is good, nobody can take away that from you and that's your only victory of work. So, I just concentrated and created documentation uh, for my management on my work performance and just avoided. it. And then uh, it, it took very Wonderful long for advice. me. Wonderful uh, Yeah. To go ahead and reach where I am, and then you know now I can tell things. Things are much better. And my generation, I was not very confident. I mean, to be very frank, I used to get scared uh, while traveling, and uh, no, so nobody to guide. Correct. The only uh, guide was uh, my family. So as somebody said, you know, if you are, and I always feel if you are emotionally secure from the family personal side, you can and climb mountains. You can mountains fight the world.
0: You can rock. fight the world.
4: Right. They were with me, but I mean, today people see me oh, wow, dream job, you're doing uh, so much of NGO work. you somebody should ask me, you know, what a timid, scared, fearful Preeti I was. So it is circumstances, but only thing is, uh, it, it's that moment decision whether should I give up, play safe, or take head on, right? And right. this moment comes in everybody's life, and once you cross that. Then, no, but no
0: looking back. I'm yeah. so, I, I really want you to, uh, you just said, you know, people, somebody needs to ask you the timid, scared, if in today's time, you know, we are talking about a social age, digital age where Gen Z's, you know, everything like a 10 year old has more knowledge because they can possibly serve better than me, honestly, Absolutely. you know, you know, if I'm if I'm taking 10 minutes to serve something, somebody, some some kid will come and say, hey, it is here and I'm like, wow, because they are oriented that way, right? Um. But still there are women, there are girls who are Tibet. they don't have that confidence. They might be very, you know, they from externally they know how to, you know, they are more groomed I would say but they don't have that confidence. What will you tell them?
4: See, I would telling them, I would tell the parents uh, and I always and there are times where there are 25-24 years in my company Uh, telecom very young talent comes sometime just after graduation and when I see the personality, I always talk to the parents first and I always you know because the way we bring up our girl child is wrong. Our foundation is wrong, you know we still discriminate between a boy and a girl, we still do sorry to say that so suddenly you can't expect a woman who's out in the corporate world to change in face because our foundation is weak. Uh, once we cannot change I mean we can tell the young parents now but then what I do is and that as a women leader the mother in me has become very strong over the years so then we try and tell them but my biggest advice is and I see there's a lot of uh, shortcut uh, you know uh, I've seen the young girls Uh, they would uh, uh, you know want profiles, want career yeah. where promotions are higher or forms are good but it's not are and you know they're ready to leave their ambition so somewhere as a society we need to have a mindset or a cultural change that on one hand we talk of women empowerment we want all the rights but are we really enough working for them my answer is no and at times I do I'm not uh, welcomed a lot of women forums because I said let's not blame uh, men for it you know, we are trying to show ourselves we are the ones who need, we are the victims, we are the weaker sex the day we stopped thinking ourselves and in mind and in act if we think we are equal there will be no battles fought on gender equality and and everybody has read uh, the reports somebody said it will take 50 years to reach gender equality 100
0: now, it is 150 years because of Covid so these are reports but I totally we totally reckon with what you said. Here.
4: We have to, to change in we our to change mind. Change here. Yeah, yeah. Right. so until unless we don't change in our mind so I am doing whatever my individual effort with uh, the people I work and I work with a lot of youngsters in my NGO and in my corporate. Right.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. I am very sure that a yes. lot of people are going to, lot of girls out there are going to take a lot of inspiration from what you said. And, and what Preeti you said, no, I'm, I'm so excited to come to Niyati now with, with all the you know, all the all that you've heard. Uh, Niyati, uh, you're coming from a space where you know, you're an author yourself, you know, uh, in this matter of sexuality and you know, uh, how we look at ourselves. At some point in time, I feel that there is, two, there, there is a there is a cult that is very, very forward looking, you know, they have moved you can't even and and still so we don't have the balance of understanding when it comes to workplace sexuality where to draw the line where to stand up where to be confident you know where to feel that it is equal where to not feel that you heard something and you feel touchy about it what is your opinion and expert uh, view on this take
5: after listening to all the women here I actually was like everybody said what needed to be said you know all our journeys have been challengeful, we have stood up for ourselves, we have made that move, we have said that I want it and I'm going to get it in whatever space and way we did but the only thing that struck me so hard is what uh, Preeti said just now that we've been conditioned in our childhood itself that this is how the world is so if that is already our roots and that is how our mothers have felt for us It is going to not only take us time to unlearn what we've learned and then relearn the new um, formulas to be the leaders who we all want women to be. Right, It's double work for us. So as she said the parents are the first place that we need that change from. We need the parents. Now you know when we were talking about how the, the, the difference between the man and the woman or the boy and the girl It actually starts from all the way down to maybe like a a year and a half when the baby is a year and a half, two years, two and a half years, when they first step into the school and they see the washrooms are different, the lines are different, the rows are different, the boys are treated differently, the girls are treated differently, but that's still an institution who we can give a benefit of doubt that they want certain discipline, but at homes, I, you know while we are all talking about our challenges, when we go back home, we become those mothers, we become those sisters and we go and tell and in my career, trust me, the mothers who have come uh, for the workshops, for the sessions, they tell me this that Niyati, I know what we have to face outside in the world, please tell my daughter the same thing how bad the world is, mm. she should not wear such clothes. She should not go down because there are all these people who are working in the building. Um, she should she should do martial arts because she'll have to protect herself. I agree to what you're saying. You mean safety for your children, but why is the fear instilled in
0: instilling your? Instilling the fear, you know, and then it comes true as a. Yeah, that. because
5: what you're saying may be true for a girl and for a boy. The world is not safe for anybody. But why are you focusing only on the girl? Why are you instilling that fear? So by the di- by the time they reach uh, Mika as an institute or any college, the job's done, they're already fearful and then we have to work from the institute's point of view. How do I now train this girl to be ready for a corporate? And that's so, so difficult
0: because the upbringing is
5: different. Upbringing is different.
0: What oh. would you tell, uh, sorry, what would you tell the working women, you know, specifically uh, people who are in the jobs and offices and if they come across any uncomfortable situation? How to not let it go to the next level? How can you have a brave face in the beginning and have that confidence? So,
5: I'll tell you nobody is ready for any situation. Certain situations because we speak as a group we know like the right. boss may ETs you, the boss may uh, you know ask you to stay back later in the night. There are some instances we've heard commonly but at the end of the day you don't know who's going to make a pass at you and who's going to touch you inappropriately we get touched even on the road. So it's not just about corporates but I think what women should what women or the young girls what they should know is where do I want to reach at the end of the day? Is it this job just because I want to be financially independent or is this the job where I see that I want to grow as a person? If it's a job for money you can hop jobs and get it done. I don't have anything to say to them. Even they will not have a you know a very smooth journey at the end of the day but what I want to say is you are going to stay in one company or the other you may want to have your own company one day so if you don't hold your chair and say this is who I am this is my chair this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it just how you know Rubina said you just have to make the decision for yourself so very quickly I'll give you this example my kids were very young when I started uh, the journey for uh, sex education, and I was facing challenges like multiple challenges. One, oh, you are a sex educator. How did you? How did you go through this journey being a woman? Yeah. That question yeah. itself brings that smile on my face. And I said, now you hit the target. This is exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> what does sexuality education have to do with a man or a woman? It has yeah. to do with education." Correct. So, what they mean to say is being a woman, how can you talk about these topics and what are the challenges you've faced. So, it's not like I've not faced challenges, the only thing is I knew where I want to go. Correct. So, when when uh, men from big industries, publication houses and when they used to tell me, meet me at 5 in the evening, 6 in the evening, 4 in the evening. I had decided that my children come back at 3 in the afternoon. I will be home at 3 in the afternoon. That is my decision as a woman. I want to be the working woman. I want to be a mother for my children. What's wrong in yeah. that? I can I can very well play two roles. I wake up at six in the morning. I do my job. So women here need to understand it's okay to say no. Not after three pm. I'm not available. Simple. I'm not available. So if a CEO can say that I have a meeting at five, I'm not available. They are respected. But yeah. if a woman says I have to go back home to my children at four pm, why is that woman seen as? Oh, you have to let go of all this Niyati if you want to move ahead in your career and I said I will move with my children and, that, wonderful. Is I, <laughs> that's and wonderful. that is what I was telling the other mothers like if I can do it, you can do it too. It's okay to look for things where you can move ahead Wonderful. you okay wonderful. to delegate
1: jobs. So, wonderful. So, you know, wonderful. I'd like to add uh, to, sure. to it a bit if I have your permission.
0: No, no, absolutely. So, like
1: you asked about something about harassment of women or how you know how do they feel safe, what do you ensure for yourself like Neyati said very well you don't know what's going to happen, But there is something we all can do be prepared so we know the society, we have a patriarchal society, we have male chauvinism which is prevalent so be prepared so if anything happens that offends you, you find it offensive the first thing is to speak up for yourself that is very very important look I don't like it, I don't like this behavior do not repeat it At least 70% of the women don't do that. Chances are if you do that, that behavior will stop there itself. Then the second thing is reporting it at the right time. If you feel you have tried to stop a person, he's not stopping. And generally the people who are harassers, their mentality is such they would be a serial harasser. So either they would harass you multiple times or they would harass multiple women at the same time. So seek support, women supporting women. I have been having instances where, you know, there was this worker there was a woman worker who said that one uh, male worker was you know looking at her in a way she didn't like and she came up with it and when we tried to find out there were several other women who came and said yes this is happening to all of us, abhi nahi chalega isko yaha se nikaalo. But see women supporting each other and creating a safe work environment. Then the third thing is role of male allies. So, while there are a lot of men who are doing harassment, there are a lot of men who would be there to support us. We need to include them in the journey because believe it or not, they are the ones who have the power and authorities still with them. So, why not include them in a journey and say you support us for this. I have seen men supporting and saying like this is happening to my colleague. So, I am a Posh certified trainer and I have seen men coming up to me and saying, Shivani, this is something that's happening to my colleague what do i do how do i help how can
0: you? i help how can i help that's wonderful that's wonderful
1: and another thing i wanted to add like preeti had mentioned that you know it's difficult for women to come up and how do you prove like we have this act in place now prevention of sexual harassment act and i would like to use this platform to educate people that there you just need to show that there was a probability that it happened you don't need to prove that it happened so, things are changing and are changing for the welfare of women and a lot of things can be done to make sure that the women feel empowered, safe in the organization. Only thing is the journey has to begin with them. They have to Very come well up said. and speak for themselves. Very well
0: With so this, Shiva,
1: With
5: this amazing. Uh, yes, they yeah, sure. um point. Sure. You know what Shivani mentioned that it is important to uh, tell people and put a stop over there. Very interestingly, when I speak to the younger girls uh, on the topics of safe and unsafe touch. Now, the sexual harassment that is a bigger topic today starts from all these young girls who are facing the inappropriate touch. By whether it's family members, whether it's the outside world. Very interestingly, when I ask them to say, why don't you tell the abuser? How would you tell the abuser, don't touch me? It's just three words. You will be amazed how girls actually say that they are soft because they have been taught to be polite, they cannot, they don't have that strength in their voice voice to say that don't touch me and I actually spend time to telling them this is not how you will say it, hold your finger, look into Mm -hmm. the abuser's eye and now say don't touch me. Only when the girls see us older women do that do they learn how to say don't touch me. Correct. So, while we are teaching them you know because you must tell them don't touch me then you run away from there and you look for somebody who can help you but as children they don't understand. Even as adults, we also don't know where to go to look for help. So, when there is some indication that okay this is how you must do it, there is a lot of preparation just in these three
0: steps that we women will know what to do. I am sure a lot of women will will take inspiration from what you said. With I this, keeping keeping a watch on the time, uh, let us now quickly do a quick round with all of you. Uh, we heard uh, Shivani summarize with her top three takes. We heard Neeti summarize beautifully. Um, you, the key takeaway that I get from you, Neeti, is please don't touch and like this. You know, I got it. I learned it, and I'm sure a lot of people who are going to be watching this, they would know that it is fine to be strong and stern and speak confidently because it is for you. Uh, let me quickly go to Rubina, let's start with you. Rubina and then both the Preetis, please summarize the session for us.
3: So, what I would say is that uh, be aware of what you're uh, you know you're surrounded with. Have the confidence in yourself, follow your heart and be confident. You know,
4: people will support you. Wonderful. Thank you, Rubina. Uh, Preeti, Preeti with the I. it was so wonderful listening to them and also getting educated so what my take has always been lead by example because we need role models so that is very important and uh, Neeti uh, uh, you know I was so good to listen to her and that's what I tell my people that you know it is very empowering and courageous the way you say no so we have to teach our youngsters how to say no and uh, the third thing I would love to do is create awareness of what Shivani said or what Neeti is doing, or what uh, Preeti Sharof said because what happens is we get locked in our own world of uh, our jobs and all. I think forums like this and Pulam, you can take it forward. And I volunteer like others, where we can go and teach. We can take yeah. our voices and teach the younger generation. I think we have to get out of our comfort zone of our jobs and, as individual social responsibility, go and uh, teach Absolutely. and tell our story. Yeah. Very I well
0: know. said. Very well said. Thank you so much, Pretty. All yours. I want you to summarize for the younger generation and even for the corporate women who are working, you know, what would be your best piece of advice because you have extensive experience, global experience. So please summarize the session for us today.
2: Thank you, everyone. It's just so wonderful to see the beauty in everything that you all have said. So the first piece of sharing I have is we need to teach our young girls and women to celebrate themselves. You are beautiful the way you are. Society gives all these labels, short, tall, black, dark, light, heavy, not. You have to absolutely make sure that we teach our girls to recognize how beautiful you are as a human being. Because at the end of the day, we are all human beings and it has to be communicated. Because sometimes we women also inhale these societal labels and then we repeat that and that impacts uh, girls also so that's the first piece the second piece is do not give up sometimes family will not understand sometimes your spouses will not understand sometimes your children will not understand that's the way society is and we are trying to change it so do not give up keep going and you will find mentors you will find promoters you'll find great uh, women's network it takes a while and you'll feel very alone and that's how we all have felt but don't give up in that moment of feeling lonely or alone because that's the way we'll have to keep going till we change the situation and we will not be alone so that's the second piece and third piece is look after yourself and your mental health we have been given so much burden since childhood emotionally mentally physically we do get tired so take the time off. what i call Take a gap year. You know, students take a gap year. Take a gap moment as women and breathe and go. <laughs> and celebrate what you enjoy. So those are the three things I would say. Thank you so much. You so beautifully summarized it.
0: I cannot thank each one of you for your amazing views. I think um I've never had this conscious conversation that we had, you know. Otherwise, um all the conversations that I want to really clap for each one of you because whoever will watch this will get a very strong key takeaway from each one of you. You know, from experience to newness to coaching to training and to uh, being a CEO. Thank you so much. I hope uh, hashtag V2. Now you are all are part of it. So again, a very warm welcome. We together as women leaders will go and make a mark in the world by empowering other women. That's the vision. Thank you for your participation. Thank you
2: so much.
4: Thank you for having us, Puna. Thank you.